Hey, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, or if you already have one and are trying to grow it, then you need to check out my new membership site. It's called Sparkology, and it's kind of like college for podcasters with courses, resources, and community to teach you everything about podcasting so you can become a rock star podcaster. Start your seven-day free trial today for just $1 by going to www.sparkology.co slash tiny leaps. That's www.sparkology.co slash tiny leaps. In this episode, I sit down with Shana Yadid to talk about surviving trauma, self-care, and what dog training has to do with any of it. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in today's episode, I am sitting down with Shayna Yadid. Shayna is the founder of Yadid It Dog Training, and it's it's such an incredible story that led her to that point. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, surviving sexual assault and abuse. We're going to be talking about self-care. We're going to be talking about how caring for another uh, living being can help you to remember what it means to care for yourself. And ultimately, we're going to be exploring the story of a woman that uh, is in a position to help a lot of the people listening to this show. And I, I know who you are. I've spoken to you directly. So I'm really excited for this one. And Shayna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really look forward to our time together. Absolutely. So let's um, let's start a little lighter. Um, yeah. Great last name for a business. You did. <laughs> thank you. I was a makeup artist before and it was You Did Your Face. That's, so. a, that's incredible. <laughs> How... Uh, so as you were you're forming the, the business, uh, why did you pick dogs? Why training and, and services around it? Like why this space specifically? So I kind of, from teenagedom, was freelance babysitter, pet sitter. Mm-hmm. Animals and kids are definitely like where I'm most comfortable. I've actually had friends point out that I'm so much less awkward around children and animals than I am <laughs> around other adults. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just life. And... Uh, College was not the place for me based Mm -hmm. off of experiences. And then my kind of culmination experience was like, hey, I'm never going back. Bye. Um, And I didn't tell anybody why I didn't go back. I just said, I can't do this. This is not for me. And I basically made it about anxiety, but I didn't give anybody anything else to go off of. And I had to find another way. So I kind of went back to my roots, so to speak. And I was pet sitting and babysitting and just kind of doing my thing and living in Queens. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the people I was pet sitting for and like dog walking for gave me the book Animals in Translation, Using the Mysteries of Autism to Decode Animal Behavior by Temple Grandin. And I finished reading the book, which I'm a fairly slow reader. I ate that book. Wow. 
Wow. And two weeks after I ate the book, <laughs> I was enrolled in Animal Behavior College's online uh-huh. program, which in actuality, I rescued a foster dog. I, I saved a foster dog's life from what would have been a, a fatal um, condition kind of by accident. And mm. that was how I got a co-signer for my loan to enroll in the dog training program. That's amazing. So tell me that story. How, what happened around that? that I was dog? living with a boyfriend at the time. It was mm-hmm. his father's foster dog. His father actually had... Um, 30 years prior had back surgery and this dog had slipped a disc and was paralyzed in its back two legs. So him and this dog had this like really intense connection and I could see the emotional attachment that he had and he was going to Florida for the weekend so we were Mm -hmm. watching the dog. And it was super late Friday night and I was supposed to be uh, working the next morning at my synagogue for the youth group leading Mm -hmm. and the master of circle time as they called me. (laughs) And Spencer, the dog, he was a little French bulldog started throwing up, but it wasn't just like he drank too much water and started like, you know, throwing up. It was like liquidy, kind of clear, foamy, and there was like six different spots. And I was like, while it looks like it could be water-related, like something's not right here. Something doesn't feel right. And this was at like maybe midnight. And I looked at my boyfriend at the time, and I was just like, we need to take him to the vet before we go to work in the morning. He's like, are you sure? Like, it's, we have to be there at nine. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to have to get up at six if we're going to do that. And I was like, I hear you. I don't like mornings either. <laughs> but I really, like, my my gut is telling me, like, he needs to go to the vet first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he ended up, like, getting sick more through the night. I didn't sleep much that night. Next morning, we take him out to go potty before we take him to the vet. And he was basically pooping red, vile my gosh. craziness. And I was like, okay, get a sample. We're taking him. We're going to drop him off. We contacted his dad, said, you communicate with the vet from here, and we went to work. He reached back out to us around 2 p.m., and he said, y'all saved his life. And Steve, my, my boyfriend at the time, was like, what, what, do you, what do you mean we saved his life? Like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? And he goes, Spencer had what was called hemorrhagic gastroenteritis. It has a 24-hour onset and a 100% fatality rate My gosh. if you do not catch it within the first 12 hours. So basically what he was telling us was that if we had waited right. to take Spencer after work, he would have been, been dead. Yeah. And that my intuition saying that we had to take him first thing in the morning is the only reason that dog survived. Why do you think, because at this point you, you hadn't enrolled in, in school yet, why do you think that you just had that gut feeling of like, we need to do this right now? To be honest, it was, it was almost a little bit of an overreaction is what it felt like to me mm-hmm. because it, the initial getting sick didn't look that off. Yeah. Like the foaminess was what got me, but that literally could have been just, I drank too much water and then right, I ran yeah. around except for I don't run cause I'm. Right. Paralyzed. So what, what happened? Yeah. And I actually had to argue that point that night. He's <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, are you not overreacting? Like, mm-hmm. are you positive? We have to go first thing in the morning. And I was like, look, I can't tell you why I think this, but like something's not right. And mm-hmm. he has to go. Like, we just have to take him before yeah. we go to work. That's, and wow. it, Steve's dad had actually already been considering 
co-signing the loan for me because unfortunately, like at the time, my parents weren't able right. to really facilitate that. And it wasn't even a huge loan. My dog training program was all like $3,500. Yeah. But it was still inaccessible to me. And I mm-hmm. had to reach out to other avenues that I wouldn't normally have reached out to. Right. And it felt uncomfortable when I had initially asked him. And it felt uncomfortable that he was even considering it until Spencer. Yeah. And I'm, and he basically, like, Steve was like, you realize you have to thank Shayna, right? Because mm-hmm. she did this. And he handed me the phone and he goes, you've earned your dog training certification. You've got mm-hmm. a co-signer. Like, that was the whole conversation. And I was that's, just like... That's incredible. Okay. <laughs> that's incredible. And I, I, I can so relate to that uncomfortable feeling. I mean, when I went to college, my parents weren't in a position to co-sign my loans either. I, I reached out to my aunt and my dad did not want me to do that because of this, like it's, it's his sister, but like there's this feeling of like, no, you don't ask. And so like, yeah. I can't even imagine like reaching outside of the family. Like that must've been very uncomfortable. Um, also to somebody that you're not sure you're going to be and that with. Too, and yeah. like, what <laughs> like there's all these then? other questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, kudos to you for, for one, trusting your gut and, and two, for, for taking that leap because clearly this was the direction you were supposed to go. Um, I'm a huge believer that there's no such thing as coincidences. Yeah. Like that is just a fallacy that humans mm-hmm. decided to give a name to things that they couldn't <laughs> make sense of because right. they needed to. And I'm just like, well, you can make sense of it if you decide to like use a little bit of your heart mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Belief. If you believe it is real, period. And that's yeah. like, as a Reiki healer, actually, uh, it really brings it all back together for mm-hmm. me because even before I knew what manifesting, you know, yeah. energy for myself was, I was doing it whenever yeah. I felt determined enough. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and I mean, even, uh, I know a lot of my listeners and, and myself included, I would, I would include in this list, like are a little skeptical as it relates to manifesting and like things being coincidences or not and fate and so on and so forth. But it's almost like the the way I try to look at it is whether you want to use the word coincidence or not, it's almost like things happen and then you add meaning to it. Like something happened. Do you utilize it for whatever it was like the intention was, or do you just ignore it? Either way, you're the person making sort of the result come from that thing. And I think that that actually is a good kind of segue to my concept of overall success in entrepreneurship, which ultimately I think that success as an entrepreneur comes down to how well one handles adversity Mm -hmm. in both business and their personal lives. Yeah. And And the mix of those two things. Well, God, yes. But um, (laughs) just how well you face it, what you do after, Mm -hmm. what you do while it's going on, how you treat the people around you, which... I'm not innocent. You know, when adversity comes up, sometimes some of the trauma can come up and that can be painful for me. It can be painful for people around me that care about me because Mm -hmm. sometimes it really just feels like how can I continue trying to help people Mm -hmm. when I feel like in this moment, I can't even help myself. Right. Right. But actually Lindsay Sterling is one of my favorite artists and, um, I went to see her in concert over the summer and she opened the show with her song, The Arena, which Mm -hmm. I had not even made the connection until I got there. But my mom had sent me a Teddy Roosevelt quote. Of not taking criticism from... The man in the arena. I love it. 
And uh, she sent it to me because I had had uh, actually like a really intense um, experience with two dogs that got into an altercation and mm-hmm. one of them wasn't wearing a collar. And I spent about 25, 30 minutes in my crazy non-concept of time while trauma was <laughs> going on around me trying to break up these two dogs. Yeah. And I broke them apart six different times before I could fully separate. And I sustained a decent number of wounds wow. as a result. And um, <laughs> in the hospital, all I could say was, I'm going to be okay and they're going to be okay. And that's all that matters <laughs> on repeat <laughs> because I was in shock and that's me <laughs> in a nutshell. Oh my gosh. But um that was actually one of my biggest, most like, believe it or not, in my business now, and you did it, that was the adversity mm-hmm. that really birthed this business. Yeah. My personal sexual trauma was before. It was like, that was what led me to dog training. Right. And then this physical trauma was what led me to, to being my itself. own business right. and uh, feeling confident enough in myself to say, hey, I got this. Yeah. Um, and I can share my gift with the world and I don't need anybody else to put themselves between me and that goal. So back in the day, my friend Victor and I used to produce electronic music together. And we were pretty good, too. We even had two of our songs played internationally by other DJs on the radio. I've always wanted to go back and start making music again. So the other day, I opened up Ableton Live and... I had no idea what to do. Now, luckily, there's a class on Skillshare just for that. So whether you're returning to a longtime passion project or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has classes for you. They have thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for Tiny Leaps listeners. Get two free months. All you have to do is head over to Skillshare.com slash Tiny Leaps. That's two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Go to Skillshare.com slash Tiny Leaps. That's Skillshare.com slash Tiny Leaps. So let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things. It's difficult to find the time to consistently keep learning and keep moving forward. And that's why I use Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It's an app that works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. And it takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Years ago, I read the four hour work week, but I decided to jump back into it, just sort of get a refresher. And Blinkist came in clutch for that. So with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. So right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to try it for seven days and save 25% off your subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps. So I asked you before we started what your number one goal was. And um, I, I find your answer so interesting because it literally was just, I want to share my story with whoever needs to hear it. Um, 
are you okay sharing the story to whatever depth you you want to go? I would love to even just let you know that you can check out, um, a podcast called Revealing Healing uh, with Ryan West. And I recently, we just released it this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell that story of my sexual trauma at Queens College mm-hmm. um, in in a good amount of detail um, and just kind of how the overcoming of the adversity. But essentially, I was raped twice in one day. Mm. Um, and it was something that could have been avoided if I hadn't drank a four loco, right. but it was back before they had changed the formulation and it was, I mean, look at me, it doesn't take much, <laughs> you know? So like three quarters of that can and I was awake right? <laughs> and, um, first guy took advantage of it. And then we were all supposed to be going out, me and a bunch of friends. And we ended up at the bar and the person that was supposed to come meet me that I was kind of talking to didn't show up. So then I was like sitting outside by myself crying because mm. I didn't know how to handle what had just happened that I didn't tell anybody about. Mm. And this other guy came out and believe it or not, a month prior, he tried this at another party and I didn't drink before loco. And I was smart enough to say, F no, I'm not following you to your car. Like, no, yeah. that's dumb. I'm not going for a walk with you. You cannot be trusted. But that night, I was not myself. Like I said, I was I was awake, <laughs> present-ish. And he asked me if I wanted to go for a walk. And we walked to his car, and he drove me around in circles and wouldn't take me back to the bar until I gave him what he wanted. Right. So the following day at Queens College, actually the first perpetrator's girlfriend decided to... He must have told her something. Uh, because she was under the impression that I made him do it. Mm. And uh, I walked into the cafeteria at Queens College, and I heard from across the room, there's the slut. I froze like a deer in headlights. And probably what felt to me like 20 minutes, but it was probably only a matter of 30 seconds before I turned around, walked out, and never went back. And uh, I was a really broken person at that point. And I didn't really know how to be a person or trust anybody. Um, and like I said, I went back to my roots. I was right. dog sitting and babysitting and I wouldn't clean my room. So my mom kicked me out of the house mm-hmm. thinking she was going to teach me a lesson. But she didn't understand that right. me not cleaning my room was a result of me not being able to function because I couldn't right. tell anybody about what I was dealing with. So that was going to be my next question is at this point, did you have anyone that you could talk to or? Nope. I shortly after mm-hmm. I enrolled in dog training school was when I finally told people, which was about two, a year and a half, two years after, after, it happened. Uh, after it happened. And it was actually one of those moments where my mom was, I was getting upset about something else. Mm-hmm. And she just, she could see that I was not upset about that, but she couldn't figure out what I was upset about. Um, and basically she just, she said something that caught uh-huh. me again, like a deer in headlights. And it was one of those moments where I couldn't deny because she caught me so off guard. And in right. that moment, she knew that I wasn't telling her something and I had yeah. to kind of come clean. And uh, she, 
she handled it better than than most, I think. And I can't say the same for my dad, who handled right. it later. But you know, everybody's got their strengths. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, having survived and not only survived the event, but survived the the trauma afterwards, and survived the loneliness and the, the, I mean, it's already lonely, I'm sure, just going through it, even when you have people around you. So I can't imagine being in that hole by yourself. Um, The hole still comes up. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Especially with the current political climate. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) There are people listening to this show that have been through some shit. Um, What do you say to them? Like, what is your advice to them? Don't give up, no matter what you do. Don't give up, because people do care, even if you don't know it at the time. I can safely say that earlier this week, or I guess last week at this point, it is Monday, (laughs) um, I was having a really rough time because I was feeling super triggered because of all the legislation I'm getting to hear about on Facebook and working through being somewhere between startup and lifestyle business, working towards that growth and Mm -hmm. getting to that really like stable place to where I might be able to pass it to somebody else in the next couple years or so. And it still like I will self isolate and I forget who my friends are. It's like, I can't remember that anybody cares. Of course. So I want your listeners to know that I care and I'm here and you're seen and you're heard. And when you feel like you have nobody, I hope you hear me saying this in your head because I've been there and I know how much it hurts and I do care. So just don't give up because there's always somebody that cares, even if you can't remember who they are in the moment. Shayna, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and, and for being willing to, to share the story because if there's one thing I've learned in my very short life so far, it's that the only thing we have in life to contribute to others is our stories. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else matters. And, and so your willingness and courage to share that is going to help thousands of people on this show and, and hundreds of thousands across all the, the different appearances that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. And I really just, I, I want to say thank you, but not just thank you. It's really, I want to show gratitude from the bottom of my heart because I want to help people that have felt things that I've felt. I want them to know that they're seen, that they're heard and that they can rediscover their strengths just like I have. And yeah, it's still a struggle but we've got this. Yeah. We just I mean, have to stand together and remind each other that we've got this together. Yeah. So I'm really thankful to you and your podcast for giving hope to those in need when they need it, as they need it. Thank yeah. Listen, you. I mean, one day we'll, we'll all be able to look back and say, you did it. <laughs> so with that said, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope this was valuable. If you are struggling with something, please find somebody that you can talk to. Um, I, I, I cannot imagine what it's like to... At Shana Yadid on Instagram. At Shana Yadid on me. Instagram. Reach out to her. Uh, have the conversation and, and be 
I don't want to use the word brave because that's not what it is, but be willing to open it up and, and share what you can. And Be please. brave in the words of Sarah Bareilles. She's got a song called Brave, and she says, Say what you want to say, uh, yes. and let the words fall out. Honestly, I want to see you be brave. That's, Speak that's, your truth. <laughs> that's the bravery we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, so I hope that you found this valuable. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you are consuming this to make sure you never miss a new episode. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day. Yeah.